Oh, I, I did the sound again, didn't I? I did. Oh, man. Fuck, I'm sorry, guys. I'll start over. I'll start over. Welcome welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I'm sorry, guys. Fuck. I'm so bad at this. Every time. I really need... I really need a... Um, I really need a like a, a producer at some point. Like we're not making enough money to have a producer yet, but uh, at some point I'm gonna need a producer because I just it's hard producing your own show, man. It is. It is fucking hard. There's a lot of tech going on around me here, uh, and it's a lot of stuff I gotta program before every show. And I just uh, you know I I forget, man. But anyways, I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. You totally missed my spiel about how Tuesday's trash day, and that's what I look forward to on Tuesdays. That's you know I don't know what you guys look forward to on Tuesdays, but trash day uh, is is Tuesday for me. So I get to get rid of all the garbage uh, in my life. So um, I'm I'm really sorry, guys. I I actually have mute buttons right here on my stream deck right here that I can use. Um, and I, I forget sometimes, but, uh, I love y'all. we got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, like I said, when you couldn't hear me, uh, when you may not know who this guy is, but, uh, when you do, you're, you're, you're going to really like him. He's amazing. But let's start off with some sponsors. Of course we have top the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on break the cycle, where you can get this great disobey your local tyrant shirt that I'm wearing today, uh, at a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout, or you can join the Patreon, uh, subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel right here under all of my videos. Uh, and get into a private Discord server where you can get all of uh, his new designs up to two weeks before they go to the general public at like a 30% discount. It really pays for itself, man. I'm telling you, it's worth it. You guys, my Discord uh, people have bought a lot of top lobster gear because it's 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 the deal of the century, man. And of course, executive producer of the show, AnthemPlanning.com. Uh, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs, check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. I'm telling you, if you own a business, check them out today. They're going to do something good for you. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. I promise you, you will not be let down. Guys, uh, again, we've got a great show for you tonight. I came across this gentleman. Someone uh, shared a video of him speaking out. Uh, he's he's a, a based, uh, blue-collar, working-class, uh, non-complier. He goes by the name online of the hard-hat intellectual. He is Mr. Joshua Clavin, how you doing today, sir? No, brother. <laughs> What's up, man? Challenge, Yeah, absolutely, dude. So, so I've been watching a ton of your videos, dude. Like, you know, you you, you seem to put some out pretty, uh, not not even periodically. It's 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 quite often. You do uh, you do some pretty cool rants from your phone. A lot of times in the truck. I know that's kind of like the the stereotype, right? Like angry guy in the truck doing the cell phone videos stuck but, in traffic yeah stuck in traffic pissed off at the world it's like yeah. it's like uh like like uh michael douglas and in, in falling down you know like oh, just gonna yeah. park here and get out yeah. and fucking the you know the burger doesn't look like the picture yeah ex exactly man but uh yeah. but uh your your shit is like really it's legit it's not like you're not yelling about transgender bathrooms and shit like that you're yelling about real yeah. fucking tyranny that's that's true and honest and and messed up man so but i want to know how you got to where you're at you you live in a, a pretty blue area you know you're up there in the in the northeast and uh and uh i, I want to hear a little bit about your journey man how you got to to be who you are today yeah so uh yeah my journey's kind of it's it's kind of weird you know a lot of people wouldn't actually uh they wouldn't believe it if i if i told them but you know, I, I didn't really start looking into politics or anything like that, or even like philosophy, nothing along those lines until I really, you know, fucked up in my life. I hate to say it that way, but I made a really bad mistake. Um, I ended up going to prison for a little while. And while I was in prison, I ended up, you know, reading a lot of books. You know, I had, I had a lot of time to do some really good self-reflection. And uh, I basically came to terms, you know, that a lot of the things I was fed throughout my entire life, you know, the whole victim complex, you know, that my behavior wasn't my own responsibility, that I had every right to act out in society because I grew up in such a bad environment. You know, all those things that they're still feeding people now, I started questioning it. And uh, I ended up uh, running into a really interesting gentleman in there. I was working out one day. I worked out a lot in there. And uh, he came up to me and he said, you know, you have a really good routine. You're very strict with it. He said, that's good. He goes, but do you ever work out the most important muscle in your body? And I said, what's that? And he pointed right here. And he said, read more. Start to read. So I started reading and I, ever since then, man, I got really, really, you know, deep into a lot of things, a lot of societal things. And I started noticing things, you know, when you start to read more and you and you really dive into it. A lot of people don't really like to dive into, you know, the real meat and bones of things. You know, they don't question anything. And that's what's so interesting about books when you find out about all these great minds, you know, from Schopenhauer to 
to to Nietzsche, to you name it, all of them, you know, Machiavelli, you read all these great minds and you realize that there's so much more to life. There's so many questions that still haven't been answered, you know, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of explaining and a lot of explanations that, you know, go hand in hand with a lot of things that are happening right now. And then once you get into it, dude, you can't get out of it. Once you start seeing it and you got, and you, you, you get that little taste, you get that first little red pill down and it, it's a tough pill to swallow at first. But once you get it down, you can't turn back. And that that's pretty much how my journey started. And then obviously, you know, the whole COVID thing started and I just, that's when I was really, I really started diving into it. And it's just been, it's been a wrap ever since. Yeah, absolutely. I like to, I like to, uh, I, I call it the window you can't close. It's like, uh, you know, for me, it was like Murray Rothbard, right? Like uh, anarcho-capitalist theorists and, and economists. And they started explaining the, the state uh, in a way that made me understand that they're basically the mafia masquerading yeah. as, as a human yeah. rights organization. Yeah, absolutely. He who screams organization screams oligarchy. And all of the, yeah, bro. I've been all been all the way down that. Nice, dude. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm a, I'm a big fan, man. So, so you, you live in a tough spot right now, man. You, we're dealing with this. We're dealing with this COVID tyranny. I mean, that's what it is. It absolutely is. Even even if this thing was as as bad as they're saying it is, even if this thing was as bad as they said it was in the beginning, they still don't have the rights to treat us the way that they're treating us. They still don't have the rights to force things in our body. They still don't have the rights to to lock us in our homes and do all this stuff. What's it what's it been like for you living up there, man? I know you're, you know, blue collar guy, you gotta go to work, all that stuff, man. Yeah, I mean it, it it's it's been pretty interesting out here. Um obviously, you know, it's a little more it's a little more chaotic, you know, it's a blue area, but you would be surprised about, you know, how many people are coming around. You know, one of the things I've noticed, you know, heavily out here is there's a lot of people who are on the verge of coming around, but they just don't know how to come around. Or they have came around, but they're just lying to themselves still. They're stuck in that phase still. And there's a lot of aspects that fall into that of why people stay in that rut. But, you know, I look at it like this, like a lot of people who talk to me at work, you know, a lot of discussions I have with people when it's not really other people around, you know, and I'm really having that deep discussion with them, they disagree with a lot of this. But then when they're around a different environment, they act like they don't. And that's one of the major problems. That's actually something that I've been, you know, attacking lately because I have a couple of theories on why that is. And they're not my theories. They're theories that I've actually stumbled upon. And I think it has a lot to do with what is happening right now, you know, because a lot of people don't agree with the things that are going on, especially even in these blue areas. And people would be surprised, but, you know, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with a lot of the things being pushed. You just wouldn't realize it because you don't have the access to the perspectives to realize it. You can't see it. You know, that's the whole thing with the social distancing. You know, the whole point of the lockdowns was to keep us from engaging with each other. And now that we don't engage with each other, they control all flow of information on the Internet. You know, they can they can create the reality that we perceive on the Internet through social media. And now they control the flow of whatever information they want you to see. So people are under the assumption that a lot of people are okay with these ideas when in reality they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, you're, you're bringing up a really good point. I uh, I, I kind of harp on this thing called the cathedral. Is that something that you, you're familiar with, the cathedral? I've actually never stumbled upon the cathedral. I've been looking into the hyper-reality, but I haven't stumbled upon the cathedral. Well. So so the cathedral is a... Is, is, I've talked I talk about it, especially when I first started the show like six months ago. I talked about I talked about the cathedral quite a bit. Um, it's, it's Curtis Yarvin wrote about the cathedral in, in terms of uh, it's the, the holy union between um, uh, the, the state, the government, um, uh, academia and the corporate news media. Um, at the time, he was working in big tech, so he didn't add big tech. For me, I also add big tech into that. I think that, you know, they're obviously um, they're obviously in cahoots with the state. They've obviously taken subsidies from our tax money uh, or and, and kickbacks. I mean, legit been paid for all kinds of things. They work with Congress, um, you know, on, on how to, to moderate their sites. And they've really become, uh, you know, like the digital public square. You know, and it's it's like we've created this space for where people can talk to each other all around the world. Um, and then if you say something that they don't like, they kick you off, man. And so, I mean, have you have you had some experience with that kind of stuff, man, like being booted from platforms or anything? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just I was actually just locked out of my account for a couple hours today because they said that my account was uh, displaying suspicious activity, which this is not the first time that that's actually happened to me. But they do it all the time. You know, they do it to a lot of people. I see it constantly. It's constant. And that that all falls into, you know, that that whole hyper reality scenario, because they need to maintain that framework. They need to maintain that perspective that they want people to be under. It's, it's an illusion. It's not real. 
But when you have a constant bombardment of that illusion, people fall under that illusion. They start to behave in ways that the illusion is real. And that's what that is supposed to do. That's what that's designed to do because human nature is designed to conform. People, people like to follow the herd. They like to follow the pack. You know, the hardest thing to do in your life is to not follow everybody else, to be yourself, to not conform. And when people are constantly on social media and that has became the norm for people to communicate, and then you tie in COVID-19 and all the, the lockdowns and the social distance, and well, now the only means of communication is online. It's on the big tech platforms in which they control. And now that illusion, you're constantly under that illusion, 24-7, constantly, boom, 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 bombardment, bombardment, bombardment. Not only that, they control whatever opinions and perspectives they want you to see. So now you're getting bombarded with that, bombarded with that. And what happens? People are designed to conform. People are designed to want to go with the herd. And if they're under the illusion that everybody is going along with these things in which they're promoting, they're going to behave and pretend that they're going along with them too. And that's exactly what that is. Sure. And I think I think one of the uh, greatest um, examples of that recently has been the ivermectin talk, right? Like we, we know... Uh, as as free thinking people who can use the Google machine, uh, that ivermectin has been approved for human use uh, for decades. Uh, it is was on the World Health Organization's list of um, uh, essential drugs for years and years and years. Uh, it's been prescribed to humans repeatedly for years. I, I mean, I think there's like a billion doses at this point worldwide or something like that. Um, but yet everyone you talk to online about it is like, oh, the horse dewormer, the horse dewormer. It's like it's complete control of the information that people are are, lis- are listening to. Because let's be honest, okay, unless you've had any kind of uh, healthcare professional background whatsoever, you don't do a whole lot of studying on the drugs you take, the drugs you know about. Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, well, a doctor prescribed me something, so I'm going to go take what the doctor prescribed me because he's saying yeah. it's going to fix my stuff, right? Exactly. And, and that's that's probably 90%. Maybe, well, I, I, there's probably a lot more people, a percentage of the population that work in healthcare uh, than that. So, you know, but let's say it's 75, 80% of the people in this country. That's their mentality when it comes to the drugs that they put in their body that are prescribed by healthcare professionals. And so when they are being told by the news media all day long, all day long that ivermectin is a horse dewormer, horse dewormer, horse dewormer, you know, that's all they're going to believe. And so now they're shaming you for going out and doing the research and figuring out, hey, this is not actually true. This is this this drug won the Nobel Peace Prize for um, you know, host of uses off. And, and the other thing that's been crazy to me, I think it's the first time in history, uh, at least in my lifetime that anybody has ever acted like no drugs have any off label uses whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nonsense. Dude. It's it, utter nonsense. Absolute <laughs> nonsense to me. It's very, very insane, man. But, uh, so you, you've had some, some cool theories about the things that I never really thought about, uh, during some of your videos, man. And you, you were talking about, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the mandates and, and the COVID tyranny and stuff like that. And in ways that I don't think a lot of people will talk about it, um, and, or think about it, you know, like the, the, the tyranny, but can you give us like some of your, I mean, what's your, what, what do you see going on and why, why do you think they're doing all this stuff, man? Well, man, I think honestly that there's layers to this, you know, there's, there's so many angles to this, you know, from, from my perspective anyway. You know, this is just me. This is just me talking, but there's countless layers to this. You know, there's so many angles in which they're hitting this at right now. And it's and it's all by design. It, it, everything is by design. You know, there's, there's multiple topics of discussion that they constantly cycle through, whether it's the recall, whether it's the race stuff, whether it's the Afghanistan stuff, the COVID stuff. If you notice and you pay attention to it and you try not to let the noise constantly distract you from it, because both sides fall for this you'll notice they switch it constantly. You know, you're never really stuck on one topic, you know, and as major as the topics are, you're never stuck on it. And it's supposed to be that way. They don't want you stuck on one because they'll, they'll slowly chip at one. And then when people start noticing it, they'll distract you with the other one and then they'll chip at a different one. And they just, they, they recycle this and this is how they do it. You know what I mean? They, they throw it out there, you take the bait and then they distract you with something else. And that's just one aspect to that. You know, the whole other thing with the social distancing, I, I, I think I just explained it, but the whole purpose of that is to keep us from engaging with each other in ways other than social media, in ways other than big tech. You know, people are living in fear. They don't want to go around other people. Not everybody, but a lot of people. 
you know, and when these platforms become the main way of information to flow and they control it, people are going to get stuck in that one perspective. And it's it, it's absolutely absurd. And the whole, you know, the, the horse medicine and all that stuff, that's another angle that's just crazy to me. Because what bothers me about this, you know, and I, I can't peg it, but it's it's really bothering me. It's people really think that if, if, if all the things that we speak on are that absurd and they're just that much, that far out there and they're such loony, loony bin conspiracy theories, then why do you need to censor them? Why do you need to block them? When have you ever heard of somebody in history ever blocking something because it's so absurd? If it's so absurd, you wouldn't need to block it. You wouldn't need to censor it. But people have just lost this basic logic. They have no common sense anymore. And I don't know, you know, I think some of it falls into a lot of that social pressure online. You know, even if somebody in their stomach, in the pit of their stomach, they're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. They won't say it. They won't speak on it. You know, they'll just keep going along with what they're being told. And that's one of the main problems. That's one of the things that I'm trying to break. I'm trying to shatter that behavior because that is one of the main things, at least from my perspective on all this, that is one of the main things that is just preventing people from really speaking how they truly feel. And it's a problem and it really needs to stop. Sure. Absolutely. So you have a unique, well, it's not really a unique perspective because uh, it's how, you know, the, the vast majority of Americans are in their daily lives. You're a blue collar uh, working class guy, you get up every morning, throw your boots on, your hard hat, and you go to work, man. Uh, like a lot of us, and and uh, you know, as somebody who I, I'm a blue collar working class guy too. I get up every morning, I throw my boots on, I go to work, I work my 12 hour shifts. Uh, but I work in national politics too. I sit on the the national committee for the Libertarian Party. I'm an at large representative, and I've met a lot of politicians, and I've dealt with a lot of people that work in national politics, um, and and state and local politics too, and they are so fucking detached uh, from the reality of what people go through mentally and physically every single day that it makes it really hard for me to to wrap my brain around how they can understand how to best serve us, man. Um, You know, as far as as the blue collar stuff goes, do you think our government, this is something I talk about a lot, I think we need more, we need more fucking construction workers in in government, dude, you know what I mean? But I mean, where, where do you stand on that? What do you think about that? I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think uh, I think both parties are on their way out. A lot of people say it's nonsense, but they are. They're finished. Democrats are finished. Conservatives are finished. The GOP finished. All of those perspectives that people once had, all of those old parties, that whole system is going to crumble eventually. There's no way it can sustain it. There's going to be two new movements. It's going to be that very far, far left woke movement. It's going to be whatever people would want to phrase, you know, this right wing reactionary movement or whatever you want to call it, the based movement. But the parties are over. You know, the GOP party, I've worked with state politics too in my state and they have no clue. They are, it's a country club in there. They're not trying to play to win. They're not trying to play for keeps. They don't want to win. They couldn't win if their life depended on it. They don't know how to. They are so out of touch with everything. And there's so many opportunities there. There's so many opportunities there. You think the Hispanic population, I'm not saying all, but you think the majority of the Hispanic population is going for some of this nonsense. Think about it. We're very religious. We like to work, family oriented. Why would we go with any of those policies that they're spitting on the left? You know, it's just common sense things, but they don't target a lot of that. They are now, but they didn't, they didn't before. It's always been there. You know, there's things like that. They just, they don't know how to really get in touch with that. And I think that both parties are pretty much on the well. I think the Democratic Party has jumped on that, that far left train, right? But that's going to, they're going to take that over if they already have it. They're already running the show. That party's finished. So I think both parties are over. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people who never thought they could run for any type of political office to run. I think if somebody really has the passion for it and really understands what's going on and really has, you know, that fire in them and that desire to speak what people really want to hear and they can really connect with those people, I think people will do exceptionally well. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, man. I think I think we need more people who can um, relate, you know, and and uh, I think that I think that's an important step uh, for this generation, especially. You know, I mean, if we go back, you know, decades, several decades, there were a lot of people who used to get in politics that were blue collar, working class. I mean, whether it was state or local or or uh, you know, uh, countywide, and even some federal uh, legislators as well. I mean, some of those people were blue collar, you know, it's not like we've seen a lot of blue collar presidents for, you know, a century or so. Uh, but, but, um, we need people that can relate to our struggle, 
It's it's really yeah. it's so it's so fucking important, man. And and uh, you know, I I keep telling people, I was like, you know, if you're a construction worker or and you're and you're a decent speaker and you have good principles, fucking run for office, man. Like you can yeah. you can be against the government all you want and still run for office, dude. You know what I mean? You can't. Oh yeah, that's absolutely there. And and there's actually something that's you know I've been trying to follow closely, you know, because a lot of people focus on the left, in which they should be. You know, you should be that they're out of control. But there's something brewing on on the, on the right. And it, I don't even know if it's the right, but there's something there with the people that aren't on the left. I hear it at work all the time. I see it. I can see it in people's body language when they start to talk about these things. I can hear it in the words they speak. I can hear the language change. They're not using the same language they were using before. When they talk about the left now, they're using words like disgust. They're saying these people disgust me. They aggravate me. They're really, that bubble is there. That fury's there. It's there. It's and these are regular people. Some of these people are immigrants from Portugal, South America. So when they talk about all this minority support they have, that's I laugh at that. It's an illusion. That is not real. That's a fallacy. It doesn't exist. But what I'm worried about is if I can notice things like that, and I'm a blue collar guy. What if somebody else notices that? What if the wrong person notices that and they know how to channel that and they take control over that and people ain't thinking about that? Imagine when millions of strong men. With, with, with bruised, cut hands, have had enough. What are people going to do? You think they're going to be, you think they're going to tolerate that? They won't. And somebody could see that and somebody could channel that. And that's not hard to control a channel either. And people need to pay attention to both. And that's why I try to get through to both sides. I don't like to just stay on one side. I forget sides. I don't care. If you're against what's going on right now, you're a friend to me. And people really need to start taking notice of that. Sure. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've talked about a lot lately too, man. If, uh, you know, I've always said as a libertarian, I'm a libertarian guy, you know what I mean? And, 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 and truly at, at the heart of my principles, I'm anarcho capitalist. You know, I think that, uh, we should at the very least not have to deal with an overreaching federal government. But, um, I've, you know, I, I talked a lot about for years, how I'll work with anybody that wants to roll the state back into any area, as long as they're not advocating adding more states somewhere else. Right. I think that that's a really important distinction for me. Like if I don't give a shit, if you're on the left, if you're on the right, if you're, uh, I don't, I don't care what you do. As long as you're not advocating for adding more state in places that there's no state or, or not, not enough state up to your par. And you're asking to roll back certain programs. Cause, cause we all know this, this is the thing when the government fucks up, when they create a fuck up, they don't get rid of the fuck up. They create another committee for oversight of the fuck up. And then that committee becomes a fuck up as well. Right. And so that's how the government works. Right. So if you're, if you're advocating for rolling back the oversight committee, if you're uh, advocating for rolling back the, the, the initial committee that fucked up, I'm going to work with you. And right now this is the, this is absolutely 100%. This is the, the, uh, this is the, the, the situation of our, of our time, man. Right. We, we have watched a lot of bad shit in our lives. You know, if I don't know how you old, you're probably, I figure you're probably around my age somewhere. I'm almost, I'm almost 39 and, uh, and, or maybe you're younger. I don't know. I, I, I'm a bad judge. So, um, but you know, I, I watched the Patriot Act. I watched the, 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 the always supposed to be temporary Patriot Act stick around for 20 years. And now it's going to stick around long after Afghanistan's over. Um, I've, I've watched these in NDAA bills get passed. I've watched the, all this stuff, but nothing in my lifetime has been as despotic as what we're going through right now. The, 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 the pork packed into these stimulus relief bills, the, the, the mass mandates, the, the vax passports, the, the, the stay at home orders, the shuttering of businesses. I mean, this it's not, you know what I mean? Like everybody's like, Oh, it's for public safety. It's for public health. I'm like, no, no, it's not, man. You know what I mean? But I don't know. What do you, what do you think, man? Do you think any of this, any of this at all has been about public safety and health at all? No, I don't. I, I, I think the only possible way maybe it could have been is if, you know, the scenario was that, you know, COVID did happen and they seen an opportunity in it and they pounced and now we are where we are. That's the only possible way. But I don't think any of this at any moment right now for the past months, I'm talking 10 the whole year had nothing to do with public health. You know, it, it's all about controlling human behavior. You know, there's no need for the mass. We know it. They know it. A lot of people know it. But why do they continue the mass? Also, to dehumanize people. 
Why are they pushing for the mass on the children in school? It's to conform them. You know, if you, if you teach kids and you train them, this next generation, to be scared of any time the authority says that there's a virus and they need to follow these rules and obey it or they're going to get sick. Imagine how easy it will be to control that population in the future. Sure. Ball game. That's game over. You know, and that's why they push for that. You know, the, 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 the whole thing with the lockdowns and extending the, the moratoriums, you know, that's to destroy the middle class. If it was really about helping people out, they would have extended it for the homeowners, too. They would have extended it to the people that were renting out. They didn't. They only extended it to the people that are paying rent. Why? You know, they, obviously, they just want to destroy everything. You know, and then people, they, they miss these, these inconsistencies with a lot of things going on. If they are really out here saying that this is the best economy, best job growth, all this stuff, right? Then why are they trying to extend the moratorium? If there's so many jobs and the economy's booming, people should be able to pay their bills. Nobody asks these questions. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't, it's like right there in your face. But this is all designed to make you more dependent on the government. You know, if, nobody, if there's no more middle class, everyone depends on the government. You know, if they are allowing, if the, if the public and society allows them to continuously find these loopholes to basically coerce us into doing what they say, to go to work, to do all of these things, well, now they control the workflow. You know, they're already controlling the children. They know a lot of parents depend on public education. As much as I cannot stand public education at this point, parents depend on They have no choice but to send their kids there. They have to muzzle them with the mask because they can't go to work. They can't pay their bills. They can't do a lot of these things. All of this is one big design, and people are stuck in this framework of it. And it's just, it's, too, it's basically, it's going to enslave society. You're going to be under the illusion of freedom, and you'll never have freedom at all. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's attributed to Jefferson quite a bit, but I don't know that Jefferson's the one that said it. But he, he you know, he said, uh, those who would choose safety over freedom deserve neither freedom nor safety. So, um, and it's the truth, man. And, and we're seeing it every day. And, and, you know, I, I, I put out this video. Um, I, I think you might have saw it, the, the video I put out about uh, mass non, non-compliance and stuff like that um, recently, which actually did really well. I think thank you for all my YouTube uh, subscribers and viewers who who made that my by far my number one uh, um, most viewed like short video on my on my page. I really appreciate you guys. Um, but uh, I, I talked about it there. It's going to take it's going to take coalitions of people. I mean, you know, we, the construction workers and the doctors and the politicians and, you know, the computer programmers and the computer developers are, and program. I mean, it's going to take huge coalitions of people saying we're not going to fucking do this anymore. Um, and, 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 and this doesn't stop until we say that it stops. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over so i mean that's that's what people don't understand you know and, and i think you're right i think they're they're using this to condition people to never say stop to never say no to just keep and to shame their neighbors i mean that's probably been the most disgusting part about this and that was that was something that hitler was really good at you know they 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 uh you know so i don't know what do you, what do you think? You think uh, you think that this this um, mentality that's been bred into people will will ever go away? Oh, man, I could get in trouble for saying what I want to say because I don't. You know, I've had people disagree with me on this. I've had other people agree with me on this. You know, I I don't know which direction this can go. I've had so many. I've thought about this for nights. I'm talking sleepless nights. I've thought about this. You know, you brought up Hitler, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you did, as, as evil as he is, you know, fuck Hitler, but a lot of people don't understand the Nazis. You know, they, they only, they, when they read about the Nazis, they jump right to World War II. They don't really look into, you know, the Weimar Republic and all the things that happened before, that happened before the Hell Nazis. No. <laughs> hold Shut on, my, hold on, my mom's yeah. asking for help, hold on. Uh... He's he's having some family some familiar issues right now. That's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Hold on, Hold on. I'll be done in ten minutes, Ma. No, you won't. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hold on. Give me one minute. You're gonna see him get.
<laughs> this might be my favorite part of the part of any oh, episode no, I've no, ever no. had, Josh. <laughs> all right, all right, hold on. I gotta go help my mom. Hey, tell tell her I said hi. Tell her I said hi. Hey, we'll keep talking. How's it going? All right, all right. I'm going. Give me two seconds, bro. I gotta right. just put this back. All right. So so uh, here we'll 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 make this big on me. This is a, this is interesting. This is this is a lot of fun. Uh, so so yeah, we're we're bringing up the top the topic of the Nazis, and that's something that we've kind of been bashed um, on several times for for bringing up the uh, you know the kind of the how this coincides with what happened in Nazi Germany during uh, before World War Two and 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 with that kind of stuff. And um, this is this is so funny. I'm dying right now. This is I I'm so happy that uh, we we had this guy. She's mad. She's really mad. Uh, but but that's you know. There are some some things that that look a lot like what happened in in uh, the lead up to World War II. That's something that we've seen legitimately. And if you bring it up, you're obviously immediately shouted like shouted down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's Italian. I don't know. I don't listen. I don't. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people that guesses people's race and nationality because you just never know. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of parallels to what happened then, and to 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 be shouted down and screamed at and called racist or bigot or whatever it is they want to call you for bringing up the the uh, similarities is that should tell you something, you know what I mean? Because that's the same things that probably happened uh, to some of my ancestors and some ancestors of other people who have compared these things to 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 what's going on now. <gasps> Um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How are you guys doing? How y- how y'all doing? Let's talk about the chat. Let's talk in the chat. Uh, the people who listen to this episode are going to be like, what the fuck just happened? That's what they're going to say. You know that, right? That's literally, that's what they're going to say. All the people that are listening, they're going to be like, ah, oh, he messed up the audio again. And then we got like 30 minutes into the interview and they're like, wait a minute. What happened to the guest? What happened to the guest? Um, but, uh, you know, whatever. How, Hey, why don't you guys, what, Hey, why don't we take this time to do some, uh, uh, ask me anything real quick until our, our friend, the hard hat intellectual can come back. You guys can drop some, some questions in the chat. I have no problem answering some stuff. Uh, I've had a couple, a couple of shots of fireball tonight, so I'm, I'm lit up and ready to, ready to talk. You guys got any, you got any questions for me? Julia's next video will drop a Monday morning. We're going to, I'm going to try to get uh Julia's videos out every Monday, uh, at, at, at noon central time. So 10 o'clock, uh, Pacific and, uh, one o'clock PM, uh, Eastern. So yeah, his mom probably does wear pit fibers for sure. He, I think they both do. They have matching pit fibers for sure. Uh, but yeah, if you guys haven't followed my fiance's channel, please go check out Julia J U L Y A Annalise A N N A L I S E on uh, YouTube. That's her new channel. She dropped her first video yesterday morning. Uh, and it's pretty good. Uh, what's my EDC, Dicky? I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, also, Dicky, thank you so much for for uh, becoming um, uh, the newest channel member on YouTube, bro. I appreciate you. But what what do you mean EDC? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't get it. You guys, you guys can talk. It's okay. You can ask me questions if you want. We got we got some time now. The lights are bothering my eyes, so. Um, I don't know. Do we do we lose them for good? I don't know. Maybe we did. Maybe he'll come back. I think he went to help. He went to help Mama. No, I, Dicky. I usually drink this. This is what I typically drink. If you guys want to know, uh, that is nefarious bourbon from. Uh, it is from Clive, Iowa. It's good stuff. Um, but my fiance really likes Fireball, so I got that and some apple cider tonight. Since it's the beginning of fall here in Iowa, the rest of you guys aren't used to fall starting this early. But um, let's see. What's up, man? You back yet? You're muted, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had to help my mom jump the car, dude. She's about to beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What's it? Hey, well, if the car's dead, you gotta help mama. I get it, man. You know. Oh uh, yes, yeah. you seen her? You seen her pounding on me? Dude. Yeah, she was. She was gonna beat you, bro. She did. She did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's asking what gun I carry every day. I uh, so for a long time I actually carried a, a Gen Four Glock Twenty One. That was my my everyday carry, if you can believe that. I'm a big guy, and I can conceal a Glock Twenty One. Um, and prior to that, I actually was a total fud and carried a, a Kimber Pro Carry Two. So, um, that was pretty wild. Let's see. Let me let me address some of these super chats real quick. We got some super chats, buddy. I want to address. Um, Dicky Walnuts sent a five dollar super chat. He said nobody's more out of touch with poor minorities than the liberal white people who claim to be their advocate. 
Yeah, I think so, man. Max. Yeah, it's Big that fun. it's that uh it's that hero complex, right? You know yeah. I mean? Yeah, the white savior complex. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Magoo, $5 super chat. Thanks. Mass noncompliance sounds like the party for me. Is there actually a party of mass noncompliance? Not yet, but it could, it could become a possibility for sure. 100%. Let's see. Uh, Top Lobster, $2 super chat. That's that's my man. Everybody go follow Top Lobster. He, rules. he said, eat the rich. $30,000 $30, Met tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me, I, I was doing some, I was doing some, uh, some ask me anything while you're gone, buddy. Let me, let me see what they say. Uh, when you start slumming it, Josh, you can always interview me. Oh, dude, I'll interview. I like that law barber. We'll, we'll, we'll set something up. Uh, let's see. No, my fiance is 29. Josh isn't a real libertarian because he doesn't know what EDC is, but he's a real libertarian because his lady drinks fireball, making her definitely a minor. No, she's, she's 29. She's almost 30. Anyways, we're going to get back to this interview, man. Okay. All right, guys. We had a we had a nice little the people, dude. The people that listen to this, uh, not the the ones that don't watch the video, are gonna be like, "What the fuck just happened, dude?" <laughs> are you a, are you a Dolphins fan? Yes. And you live and you live in that place, and you're a Dolphins fan. Oh, I know it. I God, know it. That's gotta be I rough, love, dude. I love it. I love the reactions I get, especially after this last game. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody. I don't. I thought I had like the most savage. I grew up in Oakland, and I'm a Cowboys fan. So, that's pretty rough too. That's yeah, was, up there. That's pretty rough. But you grew up in 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 Tom Brady territory, man. Or at least you live there. Now, I I I imagine with the accent you grew up there too. Yeah, I've been here for a while. Ever yeah. since I was yeah. And you're a Dolphins fan. Wild dude. Wild. <laughs> uh so so okay, let's get back to the serious stuff. Okay. What uh what was your mom yelling at you? No, I'm just kidding. What <laughs> what uh what do you think is going to come from this, man? I mean, we, we were talking before we got broke broke up there. We we were talking oh, about yeah. the mentality and how long you think this is going to last, man. I mean, where do you think we're headed from here, dude? Yeah. So before I was uh, attacked by my mother, <laughs> jumped in the car and everything, she came over to visit my daughter, and uh, her car died outside. But uh, yeah, um, I don't think you know. I, I I've thought about this many nights, and you know, I've I've come to the conclusion this can go many ways. Um. You know, you had brought up Hitler, and uh, I've come to the conclusion a lot of people don't really know too much about the Nazis. They only know, you know, bits and pieces. They never really dived into it deep. They never dived into what happened before the Nazis came. Now, a lot of these tactics are similar to Nazi tactics, you know, the, in, the indoctrination, the heavy propaganda. Absolutely. You know, the left is definitely having some very strong fascist tendencies. Absolutely. But a lot of people don't understand that is in the Weimar Republic before Germany, it was the same thing. You know, after World War One, Germany was blamed for basically the whole catastrophe of World War One. They were told that they had to pay reparations. They were told that they had to uh, take in all of the misplaced citizens of Europe, you know, given the same rights as the German people. A lot of similar, very similar things that are happening now. And what people don't understand is that that left was the same left that is, that is now, 100%. No debate in that. The brown shirts. Yeah. What people don't get, though, is that a lot of that stuff was welcomed, too, because, you know, when, the, when they came to power, when they really started coming to power, they just wanted some, some law and order back. They wanted some normalcy back. And they basically were like, it, basically what he did was, he was like, you, you want some law and order back. You want some normalcy back. Let us do what needs to be done and we'll give it to you. Right. People said, go for it. And that can happen on both ways. You know, that's why I said when I see that language shifting with the guys at work, that's real. You know, that, that's something you feel. It's not the same as something that you just go along with because you want to be part of the herd. It's not the same. You know, that, that's a deep preservation feeling. That's, a, that's a everything I've worked for being threatened right now by some nonsense. You know, all the, all the blood, sweat, and tears I put in to get this house, to build this family, they're telling me I shouldn't have it. You know, that can, that can organically form into something that people will extremely regret. It's, it's not a joke. You know, people think that shit's sweet. It's not. You know, a lot of people are really on edge. They're uneasy. You know, and a lot of people aren't aware of a lot of the things that are going on. So I don't, I am not hopeful. I have not seen, you know, too much of people questioning things. I mean, I see it a little bit more, but nothing to really make me go, you know, finally. 
I'm not seeing that. I don't see enough people from the left doing it. I don't see enough people from the right. I don't see enough people communicating over those lines to give me that hope. But as far as, you know, which way it can go, I think it can go either way. I, I don't see that it's going to be a definite left-wing takeover. I mean, right now it looks that way, but I don't think it could stay that way. I think things could backfire in them in a very bad way, but I think things could go a little too far in a very bad way as well. So I try to pay attention to both, to be honest. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 you know, during that part of history, the, the, the Nazis uh, coming to power and, and Hitler, the country was looking for a strong man. That's what they were looking for. And, you know, they used that um, comparison with Trump so many times. So many times. Now, I wasn't a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, you know, I, I disagreed with Trump very heavily on all kinds of things. Um, specifically, not ending the wars uh, was a big, big issue for me. Continuing the drug war, uh, not pardoning political prisoners, stuff like that. But um, some of the attacks on the two A that one that one kind of got me a little fuzzy. But um, so so uh, you know, a lot of people make that comparison, right? Like, like, oh, you know, Trump was, was Hitler and he was playing the strong man thing and he was, he was being a, a, um, a populist and playing up on people's fears and stuff like that. But really at the end of the day, that's what Joe Biden and his administration are doing too. I mean, 100%, you know, they, everybody was terrified of this, this virus and, and the implications of this virus. And they have taken it full scale to the point of where it's like, I talk to people online who are like, if you get COVID, you're going to die. And I'm like, that's, first of all, I've already had it. Uh, second of all, I know lots of people who've had it who are just fine. In fact, almost everybody I know has, that has had it is just fine. And I know a lot of fucking people. Um, so they, they've they literally got people believing that it's a death sentence, even though it's, you know, less than 1% of the people that get it are going to die. So, uh, you know, would you, I mean, would you say that those comparisons are, are more akin to the administration we have now than the, the last administration? And where did you stand on Trump, man? Uh, um, you know, to be honest, at first with Trump, when he, when he first started running, you know, I wasn't really against him or for him. I really wasn't, I really wasn't involved in it like that. But as time progressed, I was not, I didn't have a problem with him. You know, I thought sometimes he might have said some things. I was like, yeah, why is he saying that? But other than that, I thought he did a really good job. I'm going to be honest. I did. I think he did a really, really good job. Um, as far as this administration using those tactics, um, I, don't think they, I don't think they're using those tactics in that same way in which I was trying to explain. I think this administration just, you know, had a very, very good opening to exploit to get into this position of power. But I don't think they have that populist you know, momentum behind them. I don't, I think a lot of people feel a very strong resentment to this administration. I think a lot of people feel a very strong resentment to the people who, you know, advocate for this administration. I think people view it as, as, you know, willful ignorance. I think people view it as, as, as blindful ignorance. People view it as you're part of the problem. People are viewing it as you're advocating for the things that are tearing this country apart. And people are very aware of that. Like I said, a lot of blue collar men are very aware of that. Everyone who I have spoken to on every single job set I have been to, from guys laying down asphalt, truckers, you name it, I have not met one person that spoke anything or, or highly of this administration. And I've actually heard language that was, you know, spoken in the way of, you know, resentment building within these people. And that is something that is extremely dangerous. And when they, I think people, they overlook this because of, as you said, you know, a lot of people used to say that Trump had the, the Hitler comparison, and that's completely bogus, completely bogus. People don't know what strong man really is. They have no clue. They don't know. Strong man is something that when it happens, you will know it. There will be no, toler be no, no tolerance for any of this baloney. There will be no tolerance for people in the streets acting a donkey. There'll be no tolerance for nothing. It'll be our way or no way. It'll be either you want things to go back to the right way, you do what you, you do what we were doing before, you work, you know, you take care of your family, you mind your business, you obey the law, you have nothing to worry about. If you start to make any kind of noise, we will put that noise out immediately. That is strong, man. And that is something that can form very rapidly. Very rapidly. So I mean, I see what you're saying with this administration, you know, you you could view it as they did use like a little populist type of swindle to get into power, but I think this kind of just fell on their lap or it was pre-planned 
but I don't think they have that populist momentum. And I don't think a lot of people realize what a strong man government really is, you know, because when it does happen, then they, they will really know. They sure. will absolutely know. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you, man. I, I, I think that, the, I think that what we're experiencing today is medical fascism. Um, and I think, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people use all kinds of different words and some people have gotten upset with me for calling it fascism. But I mean, that's literally what, uh, you know, uh, Mussolini, who was one of the first real fascists, uh, coined said, uh, you know, fascism is the merger of state and corporate power. That's what it is. And we're seeing the state use corporate power to push their agenda. I mean, that's what they're doing. And, uh, and they're going to get, the, they're going to get their way because unless enough people, uh, don't comply, they're going to get their way. That's how it's going to be. And, uh, you're not going to be able to go to the, uh, you know, I got, I got kids. I got seven kids, seven. They all live here. I got to feed them, dude. You know what I mean? It's a lot of fucking groceries, dude. That's a, that's big Costco runs. You know what I mean? You guys have no idea. Like my, my food bill is as much as some people's rent, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're threatening to not let me go to the store and feed my children unless I take their approved jabs, you know, that's, yeah. that's medical fascism. That's what that is. That 100%. And they're, and they're pushing the businesses to do it so they can, so people can't say, well, my freedom, you know what I mean? That's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah. It's coercion. It's coercion. And I, and I, I a hundred percent blame the conservatives for, for that because a lot of conservatives, you know, they have like this ignorant viewpoint of anything that criticizes any type of corporation or calls out any type of business that, that it's communism or it's Marxism. It's like, well, we're against big government, but we'll allow corporations to become government. That's no problem. It's like, what do you, what do they, that makes no sense. Like these corporations are acting like government entities. They're literally pushing these things called modules that they present to people that pass legislation that is basically in itself legislation and actually becomes real law. What do you mean? Of course you should be calling that out and they don't. And it's, 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 an, it's, it's a huge problem. And that is absolutely fascism, you know? Hundred percent fascism. Well, I think the biggest the biggest problem in the libertarian circles, from my my opinion, is that so many people are like, "Oh, it's a private business, bro. It's a private business. We have to support all private businesses." I'm like, "What's a private business anymore? The government's in cahoots with all. I mean, they're essentially they just spent the last eighteen months nationalizing business, legitimately nationalizing business. They have literally went out of their way to tell you you can't work unless we tell you can work. Hello, what the fuck do you think they're doing? Yeah." That's exactly, it's exactly what they did, man. It's, ins it's insane to me, dude. Insane. And then, and then they're giving these, these little personal loans, right? Through tax money for the businesses that closed down so they could stay afloat. Like that's our fucking money, dude. Right. Yeah. That's, that's our money. And you're telling me now that I'm not allowed to go to this store that my tax money kept afloat while we were all struggling for the last 18 months. Unless I go and do something that you tell me I have to do. Like, this is no longer a private entity. This is not a private, there's no private businesses anymore. It's not. And they, and the, the thing that I pointed out in one of the videos I made actually was, you know, the whole essential and non-essential. You know, why, I don't know if it ever occurred to people, but why did you think that all of these big corporations, you know, these multi-billion dollar corporations were allowed to stay open and they called them essential, but yet there was other businesses that weren't a part of these big corporate entities that had the same goods that literally function the exact same way, but they were deemed not essential. Why? Well, it's simple. You kill off all the small businesses this way. You kill off any competition that could open up to people when they do put in place these mandates. And then they say that you will lose your job or not be able to go to these remaining corporate entities where you have to get some of your goods and you have no choice now because they eliminated all the competition. That was the whole purpose of that. Well, I think it was that I think it was that and the fact that they knew. So here's the thing. They are already in they're already in cahoots with the corporations. Right? They're already they're already like a, a back and forth like a alternating current of of policy, right? They 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 know they can help uh set rules for for Walmart and Amazon and all these all these companies because they already work with the government. But all the small businesses never were in a position where they had to comply with all these sweeping uh, uh, mandates that the, that the government put out. So you shut down all the businesses that you know don't have to comply with what you're saying. You only leave essential businesses that you know will comply with what you're saying. And then you give them the ultimatum. You comply with what we're saying or you'll never open back up. And in fact, 40% of the businesses that, that shut down will never open up again. 
That's, or what was it? No, it was like 38, 32%, 38% or something like that. That's a lot of fucking businesses. A lot. Like a, a ton of businesses that will never see the light of day again because of this shit. And they knew what they were doing. And, and somehow, right, this is, the, this is still to me the, the craziest shit. Like the, the fl- I call it the floppening. I don't know if anybody has heard me say that on the show. I may not have. I call it the floppening, right? We have the right out here uh, calling for, uh, uh, you know, uh, holistic, crunchy, organic health care. Okay. Or the right. The right for the first time ever. It's calling for holistic, crunchy, organic health care, right? Use vitamins, get more sun, exercise. We have the left simping. I mean, legitimately simping for big pharma, for big corporations. They're applauding the death of small businesses and and uh, and bodily autonomy and and individual rights. It's the it's flopped. It's completely fucking flopped over the last eighteen months. And no one's talking about it. Nobody's talking about the fact that the left used to be the party of anti-war, organic, crunchy healthcare. Uh, uh, you know, not not supporting these big multinational corporations and, and billion-dollar corporations. We have flopped. We have completely flopped. The right is now the party of that shit, and the left is now calling for increase. I mean, essentially, increase uh, an increased police state. After spending four years talking about defunding the police. They're calling for an increased police state of, for crying out loud. It's insane to me. I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I don't understand. Are people that flexible on their principles? It's, it's nuts. I mean, it's happened before, though. I mean, if you look, if you look at American history, I mean, they, they like to throw out that big lie of, you know, the party switch. You know, that the Democrats always been the party for the minority, and they've always been the party that was against oppression, but that's completely false. You know, there was never no party switch, but they did that already too. You know, they, they, they kept repeating that lie, the party switch, that there was never no party switch. Republicans never switched to become the party of the racist self. That's complete nonsense. I, I, I posted this on Facebook today, or on Twitter today, <laughs> by the way. I said, I said uh, what's it going to take for you to realize that the, uh, the Democrats never stopped being the party of the KKK and Jim Crow? They just stopped saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, yeah, that's a 100% true, man. It really is. I mean, between between criminal justice, I mean, the drug war, the continued wars overseas, the gun laws. I mean, what is it? What what do you need to see to understand that they are still the party of Dixiecrats, man? They are no different than they were then. And then you could just ask yourself this very basic question. You know, if they didn't talk about racism, if they didn't talk about oppression, if they didn't talk about any of these things that they say they're trying to fix that have been problems for all these years, shouldn't that tell you that's the reason why they never fixed them? If they fix them, they have no platform to run on. They want that to continue. They don't want to fix these problems. They have no platform if they fix the problems. Imagine what they would talk about if there was no racism. Even though we don't, we don't agree that there's the, the amount of racism in which they speak, we know it's all bullshit, but imagine. What are they going to talk about? There's no poverty. Everybody had houses. What would they talk about? But have nothing to talk about. Yep. And that's why they don't fix the problems. It's just common sense, man. People just don't have it. It's the same reason why we used to not trust Big Pharma. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we understood that if they cured all the diseases, Big Pharma would be right the fuck out of business. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always about following the money, man. It's always about following the money. Where's the money go? Where's it come from? Why is it going there? Why don't you ask yourself these questions? Why don't, you, why don't you sit down and critically think about asking yourself these questions? Why? Why is Big Pharma paying billions of dollars to the mainstream media? What, what possible reason could they have for doing that other than to run advertising campaigns? I don't know. I yeah, don't know, man. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what, brother? We're getting to the end of the, uh, of the public stream here. I really appreciate you coming on. Can you, before we go, man, let everybody know how they can follow you, support you, check you out, all that great stuff, man. I'm, I'm a big fan, and I think my, my, my people would love to follow you, too. Yeah, man. Hey, sorry, sorry about my mom coming in there with the dude, guns blazing. Dude, but, uh, it happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could just follow me right on Twitter, man. Uh, it's at the Hard Hat Intellect. It used to be uh, Melanie Musi. Don't ask me how I got that, but I ended up actually switching that. Thank God. But it's at uh, Hard Hat Intellect. It's uh, I-N-T-E-L-L-E-C. 
Um, you can just follow me there, man. Just retweet my stuff, you know. I just I just like to get the message out, man. I just like to get people to think. That's all it is. I like to engage in good dialogue. I just want people to use their brains, man. That's it's a God's given gift, you know. Don't let it go to waste. Use that thing. That's what it's there for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I appreciate the, the, the knowledge that you're spitting for people, brother. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. I, I'll, I'll continue to follow you for forevermore and, uh, and share your stuff, brother. But, uh, uh I'm going to get this stream closed out and I'll get with you in just one minute, brother. Yeah. All right, brother. Take it easy. All right, man. All right guys, man, please, please go follow him. Despite the, the quick break where, uh, he had, he had a little argument with his mother. The guy's dead on very, very smart. Awesome. And, uh, and he relates to people, which is, Something we need more of in this fucking movement, man. We need people that can actually relate to people. I'm so, I'm so tired of 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 my people not being able to relate. You know, that's why I like people like Mosh Ture who can go into communities we've never touched. It's why I like people like uh, like Dave Smith who who can through humor relate to people. You know, it's it's these um, it's these losers in the movement, man, who don't relate to anybody. Are the ones that are trying to get the people that do relate to other people uh, to leave. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. I appreciate you guys checking us out, man. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be pretty base, man. I'm excited. Uh, Mr. Grumpa, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Grumpa, is going to be coming on the show tomorrow. Uh, by the way, go everybody go tell Top Lobster how absolutely dope that uh, that background is. He made he made a BTC camo background, and he's thinking about making a shirt out of it. So. Go tell him that he should definitely make sure to out of that. That is so cool, man. Uh, but Grandpa, I'll be on the show tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Central Time uh, to talk about Afghanistan. Of course, his beef with uh, Shane Hazel. Uh, that should be an interesting show. Thursday, Ash and Birdie's going to be on the show. She's a great YouTuber. Uh, used to have a much bigger platform. I think she got some stuff taken away from her, and she's back um, doing some really funny videos. If you guys haven't checked out Ash and Birdie on YouTube, definitely check her out. That's going to be fun. And, of course, my good friend on Friday, Fritz, will be here. Wow, did I just say that? My good friend on Friday, Fritz. I said that without stuttering. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, he will be here. Very excited um, to see Fritz uh, on Friday. We're going to have a good conversation. I was on his show a couple months ago, and it was a really, really good time. Uh, check out our sponsors, of course, toplopsa.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, and partner on Break the Cycle, uh, where you can get this great Disobey Your Local Tyrant shirt that I'm wearing tonight uh, by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or please, for the love of God, guys, join the Patreon or the subscribe star or become a channel member on the YouTube here to get into all the cool after hour stuff that we, uh, we do after the show, um, and get into a private discord server where you can get all the new top lobster gear up to, uh, two weeks early at a 30% discount. Plus there's a really cool community in the discord, man. And it's like, you know, you get in the discord for five bucks a month or six bucks a month here on YouTube. Um, and if you do, if you do some stuff on Patreon, you'll get like a free, you can get like a free, uh, break the cycle shirt. You can become a member of the mug club and get a free, uh, break the cycle mug that I did not steal from, uh, from, uh, Steven Crowder or maybe I did. I don't know. Um, but definitely check it out, man. See if you can support the show uh, financially. We would very, very much appreciate it. And, of course, executive producer of the show, AnthemPlanning.com, for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically been terrible at, uh, much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, go check them out, man. They're awesome. I promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, I will see you guys. Oh, first of all, Lucky Charms, thanks for the $50 Super Chat. You absolute rule. I really appreciate you. And Marshall Ford, thanks for the $10 Super Chat. You guys are awesome. I, I can't tell you how much it means to us. Um, I'll see you tomorrow for the show with the uh, uh, great grandpa. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and refrain but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it No product is cause you're close to COVID